Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Blue and Gold, a Superman and Booster Gold podcast. Although today, minus the Booster Gold. What? A supplemental episode? Yes. I watched the Snyder Cut last night of Justice League, and I wanted to get my get a couple of quick thoughts out. So this is, you know, it's typically, for those of you who listen, it's this this show. I want it to be a sort of evergreen show. It doesn't matter when you listen to it. I want to talk about the things that speak to me. And so, I, you know, I'll have topics about 20-year-old comics. For, um, but it's not every day a new Superman movie comes out or a movie featuring Superman. And I wanted to get some thoughts on it. So is this a new movie? No, it's not. It's the... We all know, if you're listening to this, you are definitely in the know. And so you know what the Zack Snyder Justice League is all about. So... Four hours long, pop it in last night, or, you know, pop it in, I turn on HBO Max, I go to, or actually just before that, I go to Firehouse Subs, pick up a large Peach Mellow Yellow Zero from the from the Coke Freestyle Machine, my favorite pop, because I knew I was in for a long one. Four hours, my, my wife jokes that, it's, you know, I was basically watching two movies. And I want to keep it short and sweet today. This is a supplemental episode. This is not my sort of March meeting because I'm on basically a monthly schedule. Um, this is not the next episode. I mean, it is the next episode, but there'll be next an, another episode in just a couple of weeks. And But I just wanted to get this out just to get, sort of get my thoughts. I haven't listened to any podcasts really. Um, nobody's covering or none of the podcasts that I listen to I have covered it. I mean, it took four hours and it just got released yesterday unless you were a lucky person who got to watch it early. Oh, uh, before I go, I do want to say there is no Booster Gold content, unfortunately, but I, I will give a, I will say that I did read, um, first of all, the, the June DC Comics solicitations came out yesterday. They were released and unfortunately no Booster Gold in June 2020 releases, not a hint of booster gold in those solicitations. And, and again, my method for, you know, I, I don't read every single entry, but I do, you know, the old, the old control F do a search for booster. Although what's funny is now I have to start um, doing a search for beetle also because there's the gold beetle. And I guess if I just did a search for gold, I would hit both of those. <laughs> um, but nothing about the gold beetle or booster gold in June solicitations. And I bring up the gold beetle just because I do, will give a shout out. I read the second story in future state suicide squad number two, which I believe is the primary story where the gold beetles introduced. I know she's introduced. She has like what, like a one page cameo or something. I think on, in Future State Suicide Squad number one, and so I read the second story. And I say second because it's cut in half. The uh, or the the story like the first half is a Suicide Squad story. Just blew right past that. Didn't care. Didn't read it. Although I think Connor Kent is involved somehow because I've heard he's going to be joining the Suicide Squad. But Suicide Squad. But I blew poop blew past that. Wanted to get to the Gold Beetle stuff. And I gotta say the issue was was um, pretty good. I thought her origin was interesting. I think that's an interesting character. We'll see where it goes. I know the She's going to make an appearance in The Flash coming up soon, so we'll see. Um, so I just want to give a shout-out to that issue. Now let's get to the Justice um, Justice League, the center cut. 
I'm going to keep things short and sweet. This is going to be spoiler, obviously. Uh, I never want to talk non-spoilers because it's just not fun for me. Why would I? So whenever, if, if you ever see a title, an episode come up with a title of something that you haven't read or you haven't watched, go ahead and read or watch it before you listen to the episode. Especially movies. They don't take, they don't take that much time. All right. So first thing, this is a really excellent movie. I thought it was such a huge improvement over the theatrical cut. I was never a theatrical cut hater, but it wasn't it wasn't as great as I would have liked and it definitely shifted tone having the sort of Frankenstein put together of Zack Snyder's vision and Joss Whedon and this is allows Zack Snyder to sort of finish his his vision. And I say finish because I do not think this is going to continue. I don't think we're going to get a Justice League 2 or a Snyder, uh, Zack Snyder Justice League 2. I think this is it. And I think he said as much, but he always leaves the little, little room, little crack that maybe, you know, possibly come back. But I really don't think it's going to happen. I think this is it. And I think it's awesome. I think it's really an excellent movie. Um, such a vast improvement over the original. It's four hours, but it doesn't feel like four hours. It... I watched all of it in a single sitting I, um, last night. It was um, stopped to go upstairs and make a little bit of a um, uh, little bit, a little snack in in the middle. But in general, I watched it and I was not looking. I wasn't clock watching. I wasn't thinking this felt too long. I think it works super well. And I don't. When you first hear that it's gonna be four hours, you're like, "What? That is that can't be good because it's got to have so much padding. It just can't be good." And, you know, you know, Superman the movie, the best cut, in my opinion, is the shortest cut, the theatrical cut. Superman the movie, you start adding scenes in, it doesn't, it doesn't work as well. And I'm not saying the best cut. I thought that the Snyder cut was going to be worse than the Whedon cut, because the Whedon cut is a slim trim two hours. I, but, you know, I thought maybe two and a half, two hours and 45 minutes was probably a pretty good length. So when you hear it's four hours, it, it kind of takes you aback. Like, really? Can this be good? But no, it is. It doesn't feel... I, I didn't feel that length. There was only one scene, the scene with Aquaman um, when he's leaving the the town and we get the, um, it's only a couple of minutes or maybe maybe a minute to two minutes max. I, I mean, it's not super long, but we get the uh, the women's choir or, or whatever, the, the women, the women folk uh, singing. And that probably could have been trimmed, but that's about it for the most part. I do have a couple of caveats I'll get to in a minute, but in general, I thought the pacing was excellent and it really shows how important pacing and editing are and letting things breathe just because you want to like move quick, quick, quick. Let's, let's get to the next scene. It doesn't equal a better movie. And I think this cut shows that this this edit, this experiment that we are getting here with Zack Snyder's, and it's not true. I mean, it's not unprecedented. Obviously, we have Dick Donner's, and we get the Donner, the Superman 2, the Donner cut. And um, so th this type of thing isn't unprecedented for us Superman fans, but I think the pacing is excellent. I'm definitely somebody who likes a slow burn, and this movie really takes time, but it I was never bored, and I never thought, oh, man, this is, like, why did they keep this in? Um, it really was able to breathe and breathe well, I think. The movie didn't need to be rated R. I think this movie could have been PG-13. I think there's two F-bombs in the movie. You could have cut those out and had 
I think a PG-13 movie. Of course, Steppenwolf's head gets chopped off at the end, and so you get... Um, I, I mean, there is a little bit more violence here, but I, I think it's PG-13 worthy, but you get two F-bombs, and I think you take those F-bombs out, this could have been PG-13 easy, and I always cringe, even though I, I have no problem with swearing and things, uh, you know, I've been known to drop the dirty four, um, the, you know, the drop the four-letter word every now and then, but the, it, you don't really need it in the superhero movie, unless that's sort of the area you're, like, I mean, unless it's a, a dark and gritty, or like, a, you know, a Watchmen, or or something where the subject matter really calls for it. But when you're just regular DC superheroes or the Marvel Universe or or whatever, you don't need the swearing necessarily, um, especially the F-bomb, I think. Uh, the F-bomb is really the only one. You know, some shits and dams and things. I think that's perfectly okay. I, I think it's acceptable within moderation. But I don't think it needed the F-bomb. Um, let's see here. I don't think... I, I, I don't think the 4-3 was the best choice, the 4-3 aspect ratio, you know, the, uh, the aspect ratio of old TV shows and, and uh, the original, you know, uh, before widescreen TVs, you, you know, the, the box, the 4-3 the box. I know what Zack Snyder was going for. He really likes that aspect ratio, and he, from what I read, he really fell in love with it during during Batman v Superman where filming some things with the IMAX camera and you get that more verticality um as as opposed to the wideness but the problem is is this was released at home and I I I just think that things that are wider are more cinematic I think I mentioned that on my Superman and Lois review um or I mentioned that last episode where I thought it really has a cinematic feel and a lot of it has to do with the cinematography and just how the shots look but it also has to do with it's got it's even wider than widescreen or you know a normal 16 by 9 aspect ratio of normal broadcast television it's even wider this i i don't think it helped with this i mean um i watched it i'm for i'm lucky enough for my for our 10th anniversary four years ago so it's crazy already 14 years next year is we 15th anniversary but for my 10th anniversary my wife got me a projector and so i'm able to, so last night i watched the movie on the 100 inch projector in the basement and that really helped but i don't think this movie is best served with that aspect ratio to but that's just me uh but i think it would have been better and more cinematic had it been wide and even wider than you know the um, not a regular 16-9 aspect ratio either, because that just makes it feel like... I, I Well, let me, let me back up. I do like that it's not 16-9. 16-9 movies, for the most part, always make me feel like it's a TV show. Because, um, I mean, that's how, we're, how all our TVs film these days. And I don't think it is... Um, but, so being 4-3, it's a little bit different. So it stands out. But I would have liked to have to have been even wider. I think the comedy in this movie really. So let's talk about that. So the there was a lot of the rumors were that the studio wanted the original theatrical cut to be more comedic, to sort of like the Man of Steel and Batman v Superman were too dour, and so the theatrical cut comes out and we get the um, the Flash and he's a very comedic character here. 
But, well, let me go back to the theatrical for a minute. I think it's a little bit over the top. Got into silliness, the brunch discussions and things. And here it's cut out, and the Flash is still the comedic character, so that was always going to be there. But he's here he's more quirky. He's But there's still a seriousness to him. He's not entirely the goofball that I think he's supposed to be in the theatrical and talking about just things being like pet cemetery when in when in relation to Superman and you get you still get some gravitas with this character and I think the flash is really well served in this cut and I think cyborg is obviously well served in this cut you get a lot more way more like cyborg is probably the most improved by the this theatrical cut or this Snyder cut um you get way more of of cyborg I think it works well so this is a Superman podcast. Let's talk about Superman. That's where it's interesting because as if you purely are talking about Superman's involvement with this, it is, you're not really getting anything extra that you don't get in the Snyder cut or in the theatrical cut. Your his arc, his everything is basically the same. Now you don't get the, um, his, the CGI mustache, um, debacle. You don't get any, any of those scenes. You, the, these are all scenes that were during the original production of Justice League with Henry Cavill. And so he looks more natural. Like, I mean, it stood up. I mean, I'm right up there with people who say, like, how could they release that theatrical cut with the effects on that on Superman's face? It just looks so bad. And here you don't get any of that. You don't get the weird. I, I'm not really that big of a fan of the opening with the kids in the cell phone and the, and the theatrical. Here we get a much more cinematic and dramatic opening. Um, with sort of with Superman dying from Doomsday and his his yell like re- reverberating through the and that's you really see that that's what causes the crack in the mother box and calls out and starts the catalyst for the whole thing, uh, for the whole for the whole plot and I think it's really cool. I thought it was excellent. Um, S- Superman's black suit so. That's been a part of, of the big news cycle is Superman's going to be in the black suit here. I, I got to say, the black suit's pretty cool, but... Actually, it's really cool, but it really doesn't make that much sense. We have the scene where he's walking through the the scout ship. I was going to say Fortress of Solitude, but it's not it's not really. I mean, it kind of is this Fortress of Solitude, but the, uh, the, the scout ship. And you get the different suits coming out. You get Jor-El's suit, and you get the red and blue um, and yellow Superman suit that sort of comes out of the the wall and, and is on display there, but you don't get the black suit. But then when we see Superman leave the ship, what's he wearing? The black and the black, I got to say, I mean, it looks pretty cool. I, I do think it looks cool, but the problem is, is it doesn't make motivational sense. They don't really explain why it wasn't even one of the options for him to wear. Uh, I don't think I missed it. Like there wasn't like a, a suit that came out of the, that was displayed in the ship that was black. And so, you have him in black, and it would have been, and I think it's fine, but you, even at the very end when he's Clark and he does the shirt rip, it's still the black suit. Come on, give us the red, yellow, and blue. But all in all, that's a minor nitpick because I still think the movie is excellent. Um, but we don't get much more as Superman fans. You get more, a little bit more of Martha and Lois, but one of the great scenes with Martha and Lois is undercut by the weird choice to make Martha, she was being, um, uh, the Martian Manhunter was impersonating Martha. So the entire conversation with Lois 
was sort of undercut when it's the Martian Manhunter who you you realize for that entire scene it was the Martian Manhunter and I that was you can tell that was not the original plan when the, the original plan was it was going to truly be Martha in that scene it was not going to be the Martian Manhunter and I think in between the years between Justice League and and we thought it would, Zach Snyder thought it would be cool that General Swanwick would be Martian Manhunter and the actor I forget his name but he said that he he never knew that that was going to be the plan and so I don't think that that was the plan all along and I don't hate the idea of it but I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of how it was executed specifically because it sort of undercut a moment between two Superman related characters um which sort of bugged me but um in general, we don't get a whole lot more Superman. It's basically the same. The There's not really any added scenes necessarily. There are a couple. But one of them was already a deleted scene on the previous Blu-ray. The music was awesome. So it's funny because in it's Tom Holboken. I'm um, I uh, forgive me if I if I'm getting it wrong, but Junkie XL. His is the pseudonym of of um, of Tom Holbokenberg. I could be getting it wrong, and I apologize. This is a quick take, um, and I'm actually doing this. <laughs> it's noon here on Friday. I'm taking a little bit of a you know I'm, I'm being take, playing a little bit of hooky from work for a little while to record this, but it's funny because you know we're working from home. When I say I'm playing hooky, well, when I say I'm playing hooky i walked away from the couch where i'm doing my work and i'm here in my the sort of spare podcast room in our in our basement so it's funny what playing hooky even means these days walking you know 20 feet from where i was already doing my work um and i have the laptop i'm recording here on the laptop so i can monitor any work emails as they might come in so it's not really hooky i'm just taking a little bit of break but i'm still keeping track of things um but the music was a huge step up. Danny Elfman, I, you know, I'm a fan of Danny Elfman in general, I would say, but a lot of his earlier content, I don't feel like there's been anything in the last 15 years that's really stood out to me. And his Justice League score was okay, but we had a sort of a thematic thing that was going on between Man of Steel and then through, up through... Batman v Superman, and then we had this sort of musical through line and style to the music that was just, it wasn't there for Justice League. And you actually got, even though, you don't get, I, I love the John Williams music. I've bought it so many times. I've bought, and I'm going to buy the, when Mondo releases the album on LP later this year, I'll, I'll buy that too. I love John Williams, but. Danny Elfman felt the need to sort of get rid of everything that had been done. You get a hint of the Krypton theme sort of um, in the theatrical cut, but you don't get the awesome the awesome music that opened this episode of this podcast. You don't get any of that, and you get that music in Justice League, and you just get a thematic, the, the, the tone of the, the style of the music just fits in with what this world is. This is Zack Snyder's world like it or 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 not this is and there's a tone that goes along with that and it just wasn't there with the theatrical and i bought the soundtrack yesterday i haven't listened to it yet i i spent the four hours last night watching the movie i haven't and the score is apparent as i was is um well over three hours and i haven't listened to it yet but the music was 
awesome. I love, love, love that you... I'm a huge fan of the Hans Zimmer theme from Man of Steel. The Hans Zimmer music in general. I think that whole score is awesome. And you get that music throughout here. And Sorely Missing before. And the music is just a huge step up. The nightmare sequence at the end, I think, could have been cut out. Um, That's the thing. is I think the movie could have been could have ended a little bit cleaner even though it's sort of a cool scene but it it's sort of that Jeff Johns thing of setting up the next the next event the next storyline right at the end of the last issue of the uh current arc or storyline and i think when you know you're not coming back or when it's very where you probably won't be coming back i don't I think it would have been a little cleaner to have this be a clean break, a clean ending. They defeated Steppenwolf. You can still have Darkseid sort of plotting in the end um, because Darkseid isn't defeated. Steppenwolf is. And then you see Darkseid with Decide and Graining Goodness and, and they're going to and they're making plans at some point to invade Earth. But it sort of felt like an ending. But then that nightmare sequence really sort of made it more open-ended than I think it needed to be. And I don't think the nightmare sequence was there, but it's, it's kind of, it's, it's cool. Um, dark side being in this is really awesome. I think that Steppenwolf's design is really cool. Although his voice, the way they modulated it sounded really cool compared to the theatrical, but it, it was so deep that it's almost hard to understand. Not, not quite like I didn't, but there was like one or two times where I was able to rewind because I missed what he said. Um, but I think overall, Steppenwolf was very cool. Darkseid was really cool. Seeing Desad there was kind of cool. Just expanding the scope of the the threat. And that's what we're doing when we have Desad and Darkseid there is we're just expanding the th- scope. Like we sort of get an idea that this really is sort of a big... A, a big thing that's happening with and seven wolf is sort of the tip of the iceberg and there's more to this whereas in the theatrical you don't quite get that sense um i think the only th- one of the things as i was writing my quick notes um for this is that the only snyder scene that i really sort of miss is or the only whedon scene that i sort of miss is the flash and superman race and I get it. It wasn't filmed by Zack Snyder, so it didn't belong here. But I think that's a... I like that scene. It would have been a kind of a cool mid-credits or end-credits scene. But this isn't... This is Zack... I mean, I mean, it's in the name. The This is Zack Snyder's Justice League. So that scene had to go. But that was about it. Um, I can't... I don't think Joss Whedon made any improvements other that watching this Zack Snyder cut they didn't need to bring in Joss Whedon at all. They could have just done an edit. And of course we wouldn't have got a four hour theatrical. Um, we, we wouldn't have got a four hour theatrical um, release back in 2017, but it could have been a lot better. And even though I'm not a hater, I own the nice um, digi book pack, um, which are some of my favorites, sort of like the book style where it's kind of a book. It's got like a hardcover, and it's got some pages from the art book. Um, I had the Man of Steel version too, uh, Batman v Superman. Same way, that, although they stopped releasing those when Shazam came out. It was a Target exclusive, 
and they stopped doing those with Shazam, but they were doing these for a while with all of the DC um, EU movies. And so I was never a, a hater of Justice League, but it was sort of a bummer that we had this huge tonal shift and you had these sort of these movies that were aspiring to be epic and you could say if they got there or not. Um, but they were aspiring to be epic. And then you get justice league, which didn't, I think, um, and with the theatrical and the sort of, it, it's funny. I was keeping track. I said, I wasn't clock watching earlier, but I was sort of keeping track. Like when do we hit the two hour mark? And it's interesting. Like when you hit the two hour mark and you realize, Oh, the theatrical cut would have been over right now. And we're, I forget where, what was happening. I think Superman was, they were just getting around to resurrecting Superman around that time or something. But you realize, man, the other movie would have been over. Like just how much the pacing was killed and how much better this works. And I, I'm, I'm even shocked to say that the four hour cut works. I would have cut, I would have trimmed a couple things. The, the, the women singing, the women's choir singing with Aquaman, the, maybe the last, the, 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 the last nightmare sequence with, Batman and the Joker maybe would have cut it, but, um, and I say cut it like they like they didn't even have that before. Like that's new footage, and so they 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 didn't cut it. They specifically added it. Um, but I will say that I probably would have. I definitely wouldn't have included the Martian Manhunter scene with Martha earlier. But I don't mind if you want to expand the universe and introduce a new character at the end. I think you still could have had the Martian Manhunter scene at the very end with Bruce that was there. Um, that was kind of cool. But to have that scene, you really sort of need the nightmare sequence that precedes it because that's where he wakes up from. So it all sort of ties in, I suppose. So if I'm going to keep the last Martian Manhunter scene, sort of, I guess, you need to keep the nightmare sequence. Um, so I'm, I mean... I mean, I'm talking maybe five minutes I would have cut out cut out of this, which is shocking to me that I think this movie works so well at the length that it is. I would have released it wider, not the 4.3, but it, it makes it unique. It makes it something stands on its own. I mean, you see the um, the notification from HBO Max right at the beginning of the, that this movie is presented in 4.3 to um, stick with uh, Zack Snyder's vision. And this is Zack Snyder's vision, and it works really, really well. So... I was hoping, I was thinking this episode would come out to be about 20 minutes. Looks like I'm at 27 minutes, so I'm running a little bit long for what's supposed to be my quick, my, my quick hot take on Zack Snyder's Justice League, but I loved it. I give it a five out of five out of five, um, out of a five point scale. I guess if I had to go to 10 point scale, you know, I'd give it a, let's see here. I would give it a, well, let's say it's a hundred point scale. I'd give it a 9.3. I'd give it a 9.3. All right. It's Friday. Have a great weekend, everyone. And I will see you next time.